Mark and Gunslinger is presenting Ubaldi Reports. Hey, this is John at Ubaldi Reports, the one a website and podcast that provides fact, not fiction, as, re, as it relates to issues facing America, whether globally or internationally. And today we're going to be talking about, there's a lot of issues to discuss, but today we're really going to focus on the origins of COVID. And the reason we're going to talk about that is because re- recent reports have shown that what we've known of the origin was not accurate. But before we get started, let me introduce my two co-hosts. First is Joe Bitts, former uh, retired combat Marine who was wounded in Iraq, and Ray Krause, a retired, medically retired Marine veteran. So how's it going, Ray and Joe? Doing good. Great, John. So, I mean, I just want to jump into it. There's a lot to discuss. I mean, since covid emerged in December, November, December 2019, first impacted the United States in the late winter of 2020, we were always told that the origin of COVID came from a wet market, came from an, an animal to human contact. That was what we were told. Now, it all, and even Dr. Fauci, who is the director of the National Institute of Health, he pushed that narrative. But even at the beginning, he also stated that he knew that the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, basically NIAID, they were funding um, the gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China, which is the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology. So the medical experts in the United States and the scientific experts throughout the federal government kept pushing the narrative that the origins of COVID that killed well over a million Americans originated from a wet market. And I think it was from um, a typical type of animal to human contact. Now, what is your, so from what I saw or heard was that Fauci kind of pushed this narrative saying, oh, it's from this wet market. He did. And then when he, when when other doctors kind of went up against it. Now that was early in the pandemic. He pulled or he basically how it went it was like they're like oh he was like okay hey guys have this conversation with me and then after the conversation they all changed their tune like oh yeah it was probably a wet market because some people maybe think that he threatened their funding in yeah, order to speculation but it just seems right you're right there were a couple of scientists medical scientists who kept saying well there could be plausible that the the origin of covid originated from a lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Well, then Anthony Fauci, who was the um, led the medical response from the Trump administration, he was also the director of National Institute of Health, he talked to these um, scientists, medical scientists, and he stated, and they, they came out of the meeting changing their tune. Mm-hmm. Now, once that happened, it's kind of interesting. And before we... we dovetail into it and we keep going with this i'm just looking at um the farewell address by president eisenhower it plays dividends in this debate right now and what he said and everybody can remember when he talked about the military industrial complex but you got to read a couple paragraphs below that and just i'll let our listeners know and tell me how much it reflects what's going on now and basically he said the prospect of domination of the nation's scholars by federal employment, project allocations, and the power of money is ever-present and is gravely to be regarded. Then he followed, 
up and he said, yet in holding scientific research and discovery and respect as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological elite. Now, going back to the, the early stages of the pandemic, a lot we didn't know. And then as time went on, we knew more and more. But when the, when the COVID first hit the United States, Dr. Fauci, first he said masks weren't necessary. Then he said that COVID wouldn't be a big problem in the United States. It became a major problem. But then we kept going back to the origins. And President Trump kept saying that this is a Chinese virus. Well, the scientific elites kept pushing back. That's racist. That's, that's xenophobic, whatever reason you want to go. And even when he locked down the country from any flights originating from China, look at the pushback he got from Nancy Pelosi, then candidate Joe Biden. Well, that was just them trying to label him as a xenophobe to kind of maybe lose face when it came to it the was. election. It was. Now, Tom Cotton wrote an op-ed, and I believe it was the, he's a senator from Arkansas. He wrote an op-ed in the New York Times, and he or even stated it. He wasn't saying this is definite the way it is. He said we have to look at all elements. And one of the things he said is we have to look at that it could have been released from a, um, a lab. Now, one of the things they were looking at, they call it gain of function. Yeah. Gain of function is when you alter uh, a pathogen or you alter a virus. Now, in the United States, they heavily curtail that type of research. But then we found out in testimony and leaked emails and documentation through FOIA requests and requests to the federal government. And Dr. Fauci, when he was interviewed up on Capitol Hill in front of the Senate and the House, especially when he sparred with um, Republican um, Senator Rand Paul from um, Kentucky, that first we found out NIH did fund the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And first it was, oh, that was minimal funding. Then it became 500,000. Then we're talking into the millions. So now we, we're still trying to find out the, the origins. And the reason I said on the origins, the two weeks ago, the Department of Energy, which has oversight of all the nation's scientific laboratories, they came out with a report that's classified. The, New, the Wall Street Journal's got a hold of it. And they said in their estimation, the more plausible um, source of this virus was a leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Mm -hmm. Now, last week, Secretary, I mean, excuse me, Director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, he was interviewed by Fox News' Brett Baer, and the interview came out, and he asked about, about, about the origins of the coronavirus, and he said, we've known for some time, but the, in his estimation, the origins of the coronavirus was the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So I have, uh, it's not necessarily an idea, but I have like maybe, let, let's follow some, let's maybe follow some a trail of breadcrumbs here. Okay. Uh, so was Fauci somewhat connected to this lab in Wuhan? Yeah, he was the one that helped fund it. Okay. He was the one that approves a lot of and the And he was the one that was against it being, f coming from a lab. Was he kind of like in, you know, uh, CYA mode? <laughs> to probably defer this from him, like, oh, no, this leak, and Fauci is kind of well, tied to it. So he's like, oh, no, 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 it, it didn't happen here. Well, that's a good point because 
there were um, they received documents through emails that he did. Uh, they did fund it, and he was responsible for the funding. But then he also knew that I said it earlier that the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease helped fund the, the research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology via EcoHealth Alliance, which Dr. Fauci was, in, was part of. Now, remember what Eisenhower said is be wary of the ever-present danger of money and the power of money. So remember when... The, when a couple scientists said that we need to look at the possibility that it came from a lab leak, as soon as Dr. Fauci mentioned it, now this is what we'll have to find out in further investigations by the, the House, that, um, where am I going, that did he tell these scientists and their, um, their medical labs or the universities that they're, they're working for, if you push this narrative, you won't get funding. Because mm-hmm. everything was squashed. Every media outlet, every, and then social media were involved in squashing that story. Remember they said that this is, you're racist, this is a conspiracy theorist. And there was no hearings once the Democrats took over the, the, um, the House and the Senate with the election of Joe Biden. All Joe Biden said was, we're going to have the intelligence looked at it. But he also said during the campaign, we're going to send a team into Wuhan to get to the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. Now, China destroyed a lot of the files. They prosecuted and arrested and convicted a lot of the scientists involved to keep this from getting out. So the question is, why were they believing China? Now, in one interview, Dr. Fauci was asked, do you believe the information you're getting from China? And he said, I do believe 100% what China's telling me. Well, how often has China lied? We've had China release the SARS and other vaccine. I mean, um, diseases have come out of China. So the question becomes, we need to know why after three years, we don't know what started it. Is there any collusion maybe between Fauci or the facility in China? I mean, because if you really wanted to put America in a tizzy or kind of put them in a, like a lockdown mode, you know, China comes up with, the, up with this idea of having this virus, <clears throat> and they're like, oh, let's test it out and see the spread ratio. And then COVID was kind of like a test, and then all of a sudden they can put maybe a little bit more aggressive virus out there that has the spreading capability of what it is now to kind of, because we all know that China China's trying to go toe-to-toe with us, or well, they- they'll eventually want to do that well the more plausible thing more plausible we just need to know this a lot of it had to do with now we don't know if it was purposely done it could have been that china was very sloppy meaning they you don't do the proper protocols you know decontamination decontamination when you leave one room to another yeah and it got out now what they did after that they sent their chinese citizens all corners of the world not telling anybody about this the only country that knew something wasn't up, and I'll say country, because, you know, China will probably get pissed when I say this, is Taiwan. Uh-huh. Taiwan knew something was up early on, so they contacted the Chinese mainland to say, hey, what's going on? And they just got press releases, so that's when they shut everything down. That's why Taiwan probably fared the best. Uh-huh. Now, there are direct flights from Wuhan, China, to Seattle, Los Angeles, San Francisco, um, New York City, just like there are um, direct flights to Rome and Milan and other European cities where it devastated the Italian population. 
because China never told anybody. Then when they did, they sold them uh, subpar equipment. So we just need to know. I mean, it's it's interesting. It happened in 2020. We're at 2023, three years later, and we still don't know the full origins. But we do know by the Department of Energy's in a classified report to the Wall Street Journal. But then you go by Christopher Ray, and you remember the Christopher Ray. They have in the FBI. They maintain and investigate all biohazard, all biochemical and you know like NBC type spills and things. So they looked at it and their 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 scenario is and they've known for some time that it originally came from the Wuhan lab. Now my question is when did the FBI know this because how many people's reputations there was two couple doctors from Harvard Medical School and Stanford Medical School, they were verbally just harassed, censored, banned on Facebook. Now, all of a sudden, this is a plausible um, scenario. And why didn't we know this? Why? I mean, think about it. If it came from a wet market, that's fine. But why not look at all elements? Science is supposed to be about research and holding your research up to scrutiny. Why not just look at Maybe it did come from a lab leak, but anybody that said this, and I think it may be two plausible scenarios. One, they're covering, like you say, they're covering their um, their rear because they helped fund this, and the American people would want to know, why did you fund this? Which you're barred in the United States, but then you let uh, another country do your dirty work. And then the second thing okay. is once it got released in the United States, this was a way to wrap this around Donald Trump. How many times during the, during the campaign they blamed Trump for the coronavirus because if it wasn't, if they could put the blame to China, then they took the blame off Trump and they couldn't have that. This was a way for the political and the, the, um, the media established to blame Donald Trump. I think, hold on, let me get to you in a second. But I, I, I think another way is that the, the left was so... Um, aggressive on how this was say Trump or the right's fault of this going on that had this had this come out or er, like earlier or when it did it would immediately have been shifted on the left uh, of where it's going Correct. and then or either that or you're just taking pretty much you're just taking all the ammo away from them where they couldn't use it because it kind of somehow circles I mean, back but it just, to them. it just shows we, we didn't know I mean if and anybody who brought it up, you were just ridiculed. And the media didn't do a due diligence. Now, the president of CNN said he refused to have any of his reporters look into the true origins of COVID because it they were so anti-Trump that they put everything on Trump. All right, so Beach Baby 226 said, No one was allowed to ask questions. Now we live with ramifications of this practice. And I, and I think we're talking about well, no, it now. Is, it's just, you know, it's 2023. And God forbid you asked a, a question like we are asking now, no. three years ago, when we were trying to get to the root cause of the problem and, and how to suppress it and how to make sure everybody was vaxxed or, or whatever. And, and it just became a, you know, a bicker fight back and forth. And it was like, well, well instead was. of playing politics, how about we try to figure the problem out? There's but a look virus. At the, but okay, but first of all, I would like to thank Beach Baby because I like your questions every every week on this. So thank you for uh, chiming in. But the, look at what they did. 
first we never would if you brought up the fact that it could have potentially come from a lab leak but then look where we went from that we locked down the schools for I mean, some states were locked down for two years my brother's kids who live in california they were shut out of school for two years there was no measurable science that showed kids are susceptible to the coronavirus it was, then you had the cdc they were um, being fed, force-fed, and they accepted the recommendations of how to keep the schools closed mm-hmm. by the teachers' unions. Look at the, the damage that was done to children, all on the guise of science. And remember, Dr. Fauci said in a, um, I think it was an interview, I think it was on CNN or MSN, he says, if you dared question them, you're questioning science. Science is all about questioning. Like when I was in my master's program, you write your paper. You're up to scrutiny on your paper. You got to defend your paper. Why was it that as soon as this came out on anything, school closures, the vaccine, the mandated of vaccines, on anything, look how they treated the elderly. Look what New York did. If you dare question them, they freaking tore into you. So I gotta, it's just it, it's just it's ludicrous what they did to this it's country. Still, it's still a virus. It's and still, it's still active today. It doesn't just go away. Well, look what so they like, said about natural immunity. Right. They were just their view was the only view, and anything after that, you were slammed for it. So, is there any liable? Okay, is anybody liable when it comes to like? Can we go after our government or can we go after these news sources when it comes to the information that was given and now that when it was dealt out? No, because it caught because it honestly it costs it costs millions of lives and it has permanently damaged both through the vaccine and through just, you know, the virus itself. That's you know, good, is that's, is there any live like is there anybody you know th- that's going to pay for that's what a had good happened? question. Well, I mean, I don't know that. Man, that's three in a row. I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm not sure if there's would a lot. Li- would li- it have anything to do with like if we were able to prove intent? Like if it, maybe like China that's and- where legal uh, uh, legal scholars or the lawyer, you know, the legal community will have to get together and say what can you hold if you purposely knew that this was a wrong thing, but you were covering yourself, maybe there's some liability there. I would say, like, let's say, just for an example, Dr. Fauci, if he purposely knew or prevented any kind of investigation into something other than his theory, maybe there's, I just don't know. All right, uh, Beach Baby 226 came back and said, isn't there some type of immunity the government can stand behind that prevents such action? Um. You mean to prevent, I guess, prevent actions in the future? They can write their own, they can write their own executive write order. Their own exe- yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, right that, now. That went wrong. <laughs> I would say right now the um, the House um, is investigating this. They're starting the first committee hearings on the origins of COVID. Mm-hmm. Now you're starting, on just as on other things, you're starting to see FBI whistleblowers come forward. I think you maybe see something. We'll have to see. Maybe as they start to get documents, they request documentations or they subpoena documents and other people who knew that this was a false narrative and were threatened, then there may be some liability. I'm guessing there could be some liability there. Right. But this guy, again, 
This is the dangerous – this is what Eisenhower warned about when you've got this entrenched federal bureaucracy. And he said we need to embrace science, but be wary of the, the, the scientific technological elite who control funding, like these original scientists who said, May, let's look at this theory about a lab leak. As soon as they met with Fauci, all of a sudden they changed their tune. And then Dr. Fauci, during the early stages of the coronavirus – he wrote a paper stipulating that this was false, this is the only way to go. And as soon as you questioned him, like I said earlier, he said you questioning him is questioning science, like science is supposed to be questioned. But it was but then they had the media on their side and they also had social media. Now we're for, and to me it's too late. Look at the damage they did to kids. John Hopkins um University of Applied Economics came out, the damage they did to the learning capabilities of children, not just educationally, but their mental health. The um, national educational assessment that came out in um, October showed we regressed 30 years in math and reading. Think of the damage. Some of these kids will never get their potential. And then under the minority community, it's almost up to 80% are deficient at grade level in math and science. They were the most affected by the shutdowns. I mean, we lucky. I mean, Joe, you have two kids. Mm -hmm. You're lucky you live in Florida. Yeah. Because your kids were shut down for the first part, two weeks at the beginning of the new school year in the fall of 2012. They were back in school. Yeah, thanks to Big Ronnie D. Yeah, but my brother's children, who live in California— his children were stuck at home for almost two years. But Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, incidentally, his kids were in a private school at in-person learning. And about 80% of the California, um, of at least African-American and Hispanic students can't read or do math to grade level. And this is not me saying this. This is from the Department of Education. This is from the school district and L.A. Unified School District and others. So it did a horrible damage, all because these people in the scientific federal bureaucracy only wanted one version to, to be spoken. Look what the yeah. CDC did. They took the, the, the talking points of the school district, I mean, the school um, teachers union to keep kids shut down. I mean, we're at the bottom of the list. So, I mean, this has to be investigated so we don't repeat this. So I want to maybe break off a little bit because something that's off topic was the, um, uh, I guess, four people went over uh, the border Correct. to uh, get a, get some plastic surgery on the cheap, and it ended up costing two lives. Two lives. You know, you know, you can even say four lives because the other two that survived went through a very emotional uh, thing. But is that still a cri a border problem, even if we're going over into their well, end? It is because the border is controlled by the cartels and even here. And then when you had um, Jean Corinne, you know, I can never think of her name, the press spokesman. For JPK the, or JKP. JKP. The, the press spokesman for the White House said that fentanyl is at, it's at the, the lowest level. And it's like, what were you thinking? Mm -hmm. I talked to, and I work for a law enforcement supply company, and I talked to federal, state, local officials, especially at the, home, the, the federal level. I talked to Homeland Security. I've talked to a few FBI, but we usually get a lot of Homeland Security, border, border Patrol, and they say the biggest drug 
they're dealing with, even on the waters, is fentanyl. It's pouring across, and Joe Biden is not doing anything. Yep. There was a federal judge that was, there was a lawsuit by the Attorney General of Florida, um, uh, Attorney General um, Moody, I can't think of her first name, but it was suing the uh, Biden administration, and a federal judge just tore into the Biden administration. Your policies are failing. You're just basically making it an open border. So all these problems at the border, like right now, the president always blames, look what we inherited. That's what the talk he put. Look what we inherited. But in 2020, 450,000 illegals crossed the U.S. southern border. 450,000. Mm-hmm. In 2021, first year of Joe Biden, we had 1.8 million cross the U.S. southern border. The next year, we had 2.3 million. Right now, we're over a million illegals caught at the U.S. southern border. We're only early into the new fiscal year. So the way it works, by the end of September, we could be close to 3 million. That's just 3 million they catch. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the gotaways. We're not talking about the fentanyl that's pouring. And I think there's a northern city, and I want to say New York, but don't quote me. I know it's a northern American city. 80% of all drug overdoses in that city is directly related to fentanyl. And now what do you do with these, these families? What do you do with these people? They, they bring them in, and they're allowed to stay. They transfer them up to New York. New York spends, what, $3 million a day taking care of illegals. What about veterans? What about our education? There's a hospital down in Yuma that spends almost $30 million so far taking care of the medical care of illegal immigrants. And this isn't just people have the flu or the cold. It's dialysis. It's heart treatment. It's um, prenatal for children. And people can say, well, that's being compassion, compassionate. But what about Americans who can't get the medical care at the hospital they're supposed to go to? Mm-hmm. They're being put so to go somewhere else. And they got to pay for it. Well, this is being paid for by the taxpayers. Yeah. But the Biden administration is not doing anything. And Secretary Mayorkas is just, I don't know what, where is he at? He keeps saying the border is secure. And I'm like, what border? It's a free-for-all. And yeah. the cartels are crossing over with drugs and their violence that are being sent over. So, um, also, um, you know, a little Tucker Carlson had come out with, uh, a few a show uh, talking about the Jan Six uh, yeah, footage that he's got, and there's a lot of compelling video that's kind of, I mean, not okay. We know what happened outside the Capitol, but now that correct the inside, it almost seemed like like a tour or you know, and then then they were they they were just kind of like calling people out for something not necessarily what they've done. See, what happened is January 6th had a hearing. It was a was basically a stacked deck. The Democrats were in charge, but then they picked who the Republicans would be, and it was Adam Kinzinger of Illinois and Liz Cheney of, um, of Wyoming. This is the first time in American history that the minority couldn't pick who was going to be on that committee. Mm-hmm. And what they did, they had a, um, a Hollywood movie production crew film it they altered evidence they doctored evidence they put in um, noise or verbiage into the video to make it seem some more damaging the um, the opposition or the minority couldn't 
question the witnesses. They couldn't question the evidence. So Kevin McCarthy, when he became speaker, gave thousands and thousands of minutes to Tucker Carlson, and he released it, and it showed that what they we originally thought wasn't the case. Now, I read a quick article that um, Jonathan Turley, the constitutional scholar from George Washington, and he goes, he blamed Donald Trump for inciting, or at least putting the rhetoric there, but he doesn't blame him for this getting out of hand. So he did put the blame on Donald Trump. It's probably not the best speech he should have done. He shouldn't have done what he did. But even that one guy that you see in the Capitol with the horns and everything, mm-hmm. even Jonathan Turley said, okay, you need to prosecute those who committed acts of violence and who tried to um, end the, um, the, what do you call it, the not certifying the election. Yeah. But it looks like you can see the video. These officers were opening doors. He shook this guy's hand. He shook the officer's hand. Yeah. But then when they prosecuted this guy, he had no criminal record at all. But yet you gave him four years when Antifa committed violence. One of the Antifa guys who committed or individuals who committed violence, he was given probation. He took an axe handle to, I think, a law enforcement vehicle or an element. He was given his axe back. Yeah. So why was there? And this is what Turley is mentioning. But now hold people accountable for what they've done, but don't make it. We're going to hold these group accountable, but everybody over here, we're going to let go. Like through the 2020 riots, 90% of all those individuals were let go. And if they were convicted, they were giving minimal or minuscule sentencing. And that's the whole point. But now there's a video footage came out with regards to the, the guy wearing the horns and stuff like that. Probably going to get his verdict overturned. Well, the question that becomes then, did they, and this is one of the questions that Jonathan Turley mentioned, did they share this with the defense? If they didn't, I mean, I'm no legal scholar, but if you have evidence that would um, exonerate or provide additional information that I guess they call it exculpatory evidence, then you're supposed to, you have to give that up. Yeah. You can't hold on to things. So did they violate this guy's constitutional rights by not providing the evidence to the defense? Mm-hmm. That's what we'll have to find out. Well, they just we wanted to make somebody, not necessarily a martyr, a martyr, but wanted to make an example. Well, but, it, Joe, it goes also <clears throat> back to, look what we're finding out at, at Twitter with the releases of all, with the Twitter files. We show the Democrats were instrumental in suppressing, censoring those they deemed not to go along with their viewpoints. We had the FBI had 80 agents assigned to Twitter. And look what they did. They, they actually suppressed. We have FBI agents who are whistleblowers saying that they went after pro-life groups f- f- with a vengeance, and they did nothing to pro-choice groups. Look how they th- threatened and targeted the Supreme Court justices. Mm-hmm. They even had one guy actually try to kill Brett Kavanaugh. But they don't – it just seems like there's a two-tier justice system, and this is this is going to be a problem. All right, John. So how can they go ahead and get a hold of not just you but us? Okay, first of all, they can get a hold of us at UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Or you can go to all our social media platforms like Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can catch us on all the streaming sites. Um, 
where the podcast is listed. We also, um, obviously, you can find us on TikTok. Also, we do this every week at 7.30 Eastern Time on a Wednesday. That's Wednesday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. What we want to do is we're trying to get this out to a bigger and broader audience. We're working on trying to get a marketer to market this. So our ultimate goal is to do this five days a week so we can because there's a lot to talk about. There's immigration. There's the border. There's the economy, inflation. There's a plethora of stuff to talk about that we would like to get more information.